Welcome to Just Push Play, a music podcast. My name is Sherry, and today I have Larry Kennedy, guitarist and vocalist from The Jelly Bricks. So thank you for joining me today, Larry. I appreciate that you took the time out of your busy schedule to call me and and chat about the band. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Sherry. Great. Well, um, I want to... Uh, just got started with like a little like time machine. You're from Youngstown, Ohio, am I correct? That is correct. Okay, well, I used to travel through Youngstown all the time to visit my sister in Wisconsin up the I-80 corridor, so to speak. But prior to that, I went to a little town uh, with my best friend who took a Greyhound bus from Denver and met up with another guy who lives in in that area to a town called Niles. I don't know if you're familiar with that place or not. But I am familiar with Niles. Yeah. Okay, there was a little there was a club there called the Magic Twanger. <laughs> Have you ever been there? Well, yeah, actually it? um now the Magic Twanger that I'm remembering was in uh, Boardman. Um and I mean it's funny you mentioned that cuz there's a weird little jelly brick story I associate with the magic twanger, which is we had played in uh, upstate New York. We had played a show opening for 10,000 maniacs and we befriended uh, the guitar player, Robert Buck, who is uh, since this time he's passed away, unfortunately, but he was very friendly to us when we were essentially nobody. And we had a great time hanging out with him at this gig. And Sometime later, we were playing a club gig in Youngstown, and when we got to town, we observed that 10,000 Maniacs were playing at the Magic Twanger. So we just thought, well, what the heck? We had to stop by and say hello to our friend that we met in the band, and we knew that everyone at the club would be like, who are you? You don't know 10,000 Maniacs, but (laughs) we went anyway, and we just came to the door and said, hey, is uh, Robert Buck here? We would we're the jelly bricks. We would just like to say hello. And anyway, we were told we were basically they, the security people batted us away and said, we weren't going to get in to see Robert, but we said, well, tell you what, let them know we're playing a gig downtown. We knew their show was at maybe eight o'clock and we weren't going on till 11. So we said, just let them know we're playing downtown. And if they want something to do after the gig, stop by and see us. So we went and played our show and we never saw anybody from 10,000 Maniacs, and we got in the vehicle and drove all the way back to Pennsylvania, I think, that very night. And then it was about six months later, we came back to play Youngstown again, and we went to the same club. And when we got there, the management were saying, wow, the last time you played here, after you left, 10,000 Maniacs showed up here to see you, and you guys were already gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. That's one of the little crazy so that's my little magic twanger story is just that we once tried to visit with ten thousand maniacs and then they, they tried to come and see us in a little bar and, and we missed each other. Oh <laughs> Well you guys have been but it was a neat story. 19- yeah, that is a neat story. Oh my gosh. So you guys have been around since nineteen ninety six and, and prior to the conversation we're having now I mentioned that I had probably seen you a few times um in, in the area where I uh grew up in and um you know, open opening for live and, and a couple of other things. But I mean, 
being in a band for you know almost you know a little over uh, two decades is is you know da- a daunting task. I mean, it's like a marriage. So how how do you keep the uh, the fires burning, so to speak? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't mind saying it's a little bit of a mystery to us too that we have stuck together this long, uh, not to say that it hasn't been fun because it has. Um, but as to how, I mean, when the jelly bricks turned two, that was the longest that any one of us had been in the same band. So we certainly didn't know the secret going in, but I can say that one of the nicest things that's happened is that we, you know, we all really get along well. I mean, we, we really are friends and we enjoy each other's company. And we do get on each other's nerves, just like in a marriage. <laughs> but we, there's a lot of mutual respect between the four of us. And we try to, you know, we've always kind of had an attitude of if it, if it doesn't make somebody in the band happy, that we need to respect that. So we really aim to try to make sure that everybody in the band is having a good time. So as often as we steer towards a consensus, I mean, actually, one of the things I often have thought over the last 23 years is that we are we are a democratic uh, organization in a way that our government isn't. I mean, we, we, <laughs> we hear all of our viewpoints and we weigh them with equal respect and measure, and then we try to make smart decisions, which is exactly what doesn't happen in our government. But nevertheless, <laughs> um, the Jelly Bricks have found democracy works. So we recommend it to uh, any form of government that would like to try it out. Yeah. <laughs> and Good I don't point. mean to be snarky. It's just a, sort of a funny observation I've made, but it's true. We just uh, oh, we, we try to be nice to each other. It is. It is very true, <laughs> especially now that it's very polarizing. So, But we won't get into that yeah. whole, whole aspect right, of it. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, we, uh, we mean to be an escape from politics for the most part. So. Yeah. And that you are. So tell me about this. Okay, you just released an album a couple of weeks ago called Some Kind of Lucky. You've been an independent, like, grassroots kind of band. I mean, approached by different record labels, but you didn't feel it was right, the right kind of vibe because they like to take away um, your independence and throw in their uh, suggestions or demands uh, rather quickly. Uh, what introduced you to Wicked Cool Records, and, and what uh, prompted you to, to sign with them? Well, at almost a point in time when it would have maybe even appeared as though there wasn't going to be a great outlet for the Jelly Bricks on a national scale, um, because, I mean, like you say, we've kind of done things our own way from the beginning. We flirted with the possibility of national success early in our career. Um, but we were always pretty uh, strong-willed about how we wanted to do things. So we were never that inclined to just conform to what the industry was trying to be about in order to attain success. You know, we were sort of like, well, we're going to be successful on our own terms or we won't, and that'll be fine. Um, because at the end of the day, we we like to enjoy what we're doing for what it is amongst ourselves. So we just never were very inclined to do what somebody else wanted us to do to make them happy. Um, but that said, when we first heard little Steven's underground garage, which was his syndicated radio show, 
and then his uh, satellite radio channel. Uh, it was just obvious to us that they were playing music that was, um, it just seemed evident to us that they would get what the Jelly Bricks were about. There were a number of peer bands that we really liked. There were also grassroots independent bands that were getting airplay on the station. And so we started pitching our music to the radio station, thinking that they might like what we were doing. And it took us, I think, three releases and maybe six years of sending our music to the radio station before uh, Stevie Van Zant actually liked a song enough to put it on the radio. But that was essentially where the dynamic began. He he first had to find, hear that song that he liked enough to play, and once he did, um, well, he he named it the coolest song in the world for the week on his radio station, which was a, a huge thing for us and a, and a wonderful endorsement from another artist whom we respect. Um, but then after that, there was an opportunity for the song to be pitted against all the other coolest songs in the world for that year. And our fan base voted um the song, which was Rock and Roll Suicide off of our Suckers EP. Our fans voted that song into the number one position for the year. So that sort of made an impression on the folks at Little Steven's Underground Garage, and Wicked Cool Records is Little Steven's label. So it was a, if, if you can imagine, I think we first got a song played on his radio channel in 2012. So it's been from that point till now that we have been slowly kind of developing a rapport with the Underground Garage and sending them new music that has been met with positive reaction. Um, our Youngstown tune-up album, we had another coolest song in the world called About the Weekend. And uh, somewhere in there, I think uh, Steven Van Zant decided that he was interested in, in talking to the band about putting some stuff out on his label. Mm-hmm. Well, so for I us, to... it, it couldn't be better. Yeah, I, I mean, the underground garage on, you know, especially on satellite radio, and and of course, you know, the the other like syndication of it. Uh, I mean, opens you up to a, an audience that's like, you know, wide ranging, and you know, and look at cool records. I mean, I've been following that since the the beginning of of its inception and everything that they put out is like, is very, very cool. I mean, dare I say they're all wicked cool, you know, so like every, yeah, one from, I mean, like, amongst the things that we could not have predicted about our career, one of the things that we could never have predicted was that we would wind up with an opportunity to work with a label that is as cool as Wicked Cool. I mean, honestly, I couldn't name an independent label that I'd rather be working with, and I most certainly couldn't name a major label that I'd rather be working with. Uh, and a lot of it is because we feel um, like well, we feel like we are respected coming in the door for what we do and for who we are. Um, and it's not a matter of an ego thing with the Jelly Bricks. It's just a matter of we. We like to keep it real with regard to what we're trying to do artistically. Um, I mean, we, we aim to make music that's entertaining and fun and likable, but it's very much, um, you know, we're, we're also looking to entertain ourselves. And I think Wicked Cool has provided us with a place where we can feel free to be creative and, um, 
and we will be supported for doing so. So that is just, I, there's no label deal that would be better than that in my mind. <laughs> right, right. That's the a, record a deal that every band dreams creative. of. Yeah, I know. A, yeah. a label that gives you creative control is like is a, a dream come true, really. You know, so and and to have well, the and power to take of well, yeah, I was just going to say to take it a step further, the the input that we get, it, we find very easy to to receive and receive in a positive way because we all grew up fans of uh, Little Steven's music. And so it's, you know, it's like we're, we're getting information. If, if we get feedback, we're getting it from somebody that we would love to get feedback from, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, and and like I was... I was just going to say, like, then to have the power of, of Stephen Van Zandt behind you can't be a bad thing either, you know. So, <laughs> so oh, but, we definitely um, feel like we are, uh, we are, we have been blessed, and that, frankly, it plays into the title of our album. Um, it happens to be a song that was written by our other guitar player, Bryce Connor, some kind of lucky. But when we were looking for a title for this album. Uh, that title suggested itself to us as a sort of a summation of how we feel about where we are. Yeah, I, I agree. So um, let's talk about the album for a little bit. Um, who did the cover uh, for the album? Uh, the cover was a collaboration essentially between uh, Louis Arzonico, who is uh, the, the art director at Wicked Cool Records, and our bass player, Garrick Chow. Um, as I'm sitting here, I'm not 100% sure who took the cover photograph anymore. It might have been Garrick, <laughs> but I have to go back and ask somebody. Um, but we all liked the image, and um, we liked the idea. You know, there's something funny. Our name is sort of a, a contradiction in its own way. I mean, we were sort of aiming for something with our name that would suggest uh, a little bit of the light and dark of, of life and of creativity, the name Jelly Bricks. And I think that the album artwork, this album cover, has a dose of that built into it as well. You know, there's like the back, black and white background and the extremely kind of technicolor uh, day glow colors of that bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, really like kind of sweet fits like jelly hits you like a brick, band. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um uh, you've done a, a couple of videos for the album too, and and that's a lot of um uh Garrick uh Garrick's work too. I mean, because obviously you're on a budget, but um you you've released a, you know, you've released a couple of videos with um his help and, and probably a few other people, but you know, you're on a budget also. So, I mean, getting the, getting someone inside the band to help out probably works out for you too. Well, not only that, but we really, it's funny. We didn't, we didn't initially set out to be a, a very ambitious video making band, but, the first video we ever shot, which was a song called Can't Be Wrong from our Power This record back in 2004, we managed to make that video with just the four of us and nobody else involved. And it was fun and it came out entertaining. 
So that kind of set the tone amongst us that, oh, well, we can do this. We can make videos that are fun. We just have to apply ourselves to it. So I think uh, the next one that we did was when Garrick, uh, he had the idea to marry a bunch of edited images from the rock band video game together into what became our Ruin Us video. And that video got noticed by Rolling Stone. So oddly enough, again, we never really set out to be a video band, but we, we, we set the bar really high for independently made videos early on. And so we felt like, well, we're not going to do lousy ones now. We, we need to make sure that they're fun and that they're good. So when we go, when we have an opportunity to make a video, we do all involve ourselves in pitching in ideas and, um, it becomes an extension of the creative process that is our music making. So I can honestly tell you, we have a really fun time making the videos. They're not always easy. And sometimes the ideas we come up with are downright crazy and really difficult even, but we enjoy the challenge of it. Uh, like, I don't know if you've seen the video we made for Brooklyn, um, which was the first single off of some kind of lucky, but, that is a video where everything in the video moves forward, but we shot everything backwards in order to create a very dreamlike reverse image effect. And we did it with just some friends and mostly just our own headspace. Um, and then the other thing that we've done a lot of is we do a lot of videos where it's just one single camera shot with no editing, which means that we have to kind of memorize a series of acts and then do them correctly and do them at the right time. So it's like, you know, I, I tell, I've told people before, we made a video called About the Weekend that to me is almost like a three-act play we put on in front of the camera. And a lot of our videos are like that, where it's almost like you have a script and it starts here and you got to be here by here and everybody's got marks they have to hit. And it's like doing amateur community theater. You know, like we are literally like trying to remember our, our lines and our moves for some of these videos. And at least one person online has made a reference to us having bad acting in our videos, which I think is really funny because <laughs> this is someone who must be under the impression that we're trying to be actors. <laughs> but nevertheless, any reaction is a good reaction. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Any exposure is good exposure, as they always say, right? <laughs> yeah, well, and you know, the internet for so many people is just an opportunity to say something rotten. So, you know, we don't take oh, yeah, that stuff too seriously, the criticism. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> you know, in fact, it's like, well, if the worst thing you're going to say about my new single is that we're bad actors, great, because it was about the song <laughs> in the first place. <laughs> Maybe you heard the song while you were evaluating our our yeah, performance. Right, right. <laughs> so um you just uh, released a new video for Runaway also and that was that was filmed a little bit differently too. Yeah, um that's I mean again I have to credit Garrick cuz he's got a lot of the visual ideas uh stored in his head but he really just wanted to have some fun with a 360 degree camera. Uh, and so we, that was the starting point, but, um, we had the best time making the runaway video, um, because we just kind of ran around town dressed up like rock stars and making people wondering what we were up to, 
you know, which is part of the fun too, because it's just it's usually the four of us and maybe one or two uh, ladies with us helping us with this or that. And so for the for the runaway video, we were in a lot of public places looking like we were doing something weird and causing people to turn their heads, and that's fun. <laughs> so like the band, the record was also well traveled. I mean, I I think I I clocked it going from uh, like between four or five different places uh recording in in different places and being mixed and mastered and and all that tell us a little bit about about that uh progression well it wasn't so much on purpose uh in this case although it's not the first record we've made this way but we had made our last album entirely in a studio in youngstown called amprion recorder and we had a great experience there so when we set out to start the new record, we went there initially to start recording. Um, but the engineer that we had been working with relocated halfway across the country. And so it just became difficult for us to try to continue the work. I mean, it's possible to do it remotely, but it's not quite the same. So we ultimately took the work that we started in Youngstown and decided to experiment a little bit with re doing some of our own recording at home, which is something we've done periodically. But so we, we did a fair amount of recording of ourselves at home with Garrick as an engineer, because that's something that he's actually done in the past. He was a recording engineer before we played together in a band. Um, so we did some work at home, but then we took the work we had done in Ohio and in Pennsylvania and took it to another recording studio in Baltimore. Uh, and there we married work that we had done in Ohio and PA together, but then we did additional recording in Maryland. And then in the meantime, when we first started talking to Wicked Cool, they were originally only interested in doing a single. So then we recorded two songs in New York in Stevie Van Zandt's studio, and those were Brooklyn and DOA. So by the time we got around to talking to Wicked Cool about possibly doing the entire album as a wicked cool release we had all of this accumulated unfinished work from three other studios that needed to be completely tied together into one complete project so the final mix was done in uh, new york at renegade studios by jeff sanoff the guy who recorded brooklyn and doa but meanwhile all those other songs were uh partially engineered by uh Pete Drevere and Frank Silver in Ohio, and then our friend Scott Ensign in Maryland. And these are all people that we really like and enjoy working with, uh, including Jeff in New York. But it was definitely not the plan that we would drag the songs from this room to this room to this room to this yeah. room. It's just sort of how it organically played out over time. But we also know we've, we've, in this cat a variety of different ways so far and that is part of what keeps it interesting over two decades is not really doing exactly the same things over and over again which really is a little bit of the lifeblood of the jelly bricks is that we're always looking to try to find a new way or a better way uh, to do things and looking for challenges and you know, it's part of what keeps it interesting. I suppose if we felt like we were doing the same thing over and over again, that was one of the things that created conflict between us and uh, labels I, from the very beginning we had a we had a regional independent hit record where we live 
And the first thing the major labels were asking us is, can you write more songs like this one? <laughs> and I remember saying, well, that's what you already have on your label are bands that do the same song over and over again. We don't want to be that kind of band. We want to be a band that every song is kind of like a new experience, at least to some degree. Um, but that's, yeah. again, you know, I'm sure we have repeated ourselves over the years, but I'd like to think that it was mostly by accident. <laughs> <laughs> so for Brooklyn, that was also the first track co-written by all four of you. Usually, um, I mean, all of you write songs and and contribute uh, vocals and and all that. But um, what made uh, Brooklyn special for you know for being you know coming out the way that it did? Well, that's a good example of how trying to do things in different ways yields fun, unique results. And that was we had, we were actually literally stuck in traffic in a van trying to get to Brooklyn to play a gig. And with that time that was allotted to us, we decided, well, let's write a song. And because we decided to write a song, we did it we just wrote about what was going on and the four of us were all there. We had a little electronic keyboard that we plugged into the cigarette lighter for power. And uh, <laughs> so we made it up while we were stuck in traffic and all four of us were in on contributing lyrics and melodic lines. And, um, and we're, we're actually really good at working by committee. Um, I mean, we do disagree plenty. Believe me, we argue, we fight, we have moments where we get on each other's nerves tremendously. But when it comes to creative tasks, we're really good at hearing each other's ideas and kind of quickly figuring out which ones we all like the best. And so Brooklyn is a very much like a by committee written in real time. The only thing, the only thing that changed about Brooklyn between the van ride and the recording studio was that little Steven asked us to make it a little bit longer which we took as a compliment. So we, we, we doubled up one of the choruses. <laughs> and it's still not that long of a song. So, uh, but nevertheless, yeah. So that's, that's just how it turned out. We were all together, so we wrote it together. So what would you say right now is the, your favorite tune from Some Kind of Lucky, or, or does it keep changing on an hourly basis or a daily basis? <laughs> Oh, well, you know what? I mean, I wind up, you know, the guys make fun of me because I've been, I've been quoted in the past as saying, I love all of our songs. And the guys like to uh, bust on me for that remark. Um, but there is a little bit of like a, it's almost a parental relationship uh, that you wind up having towards these things. They're like your kids. So choosing yeah. favorites is difficult. But over time, I can certainly step back and say, oh, I like this one. I like that one. Um, on the new one, I have a couple of favorites. I mean, I really, I'm very, I'm really proud of our drummer, Tom, for delivering uh, the song Mrs. Misery. Tom has only written a few songs for the band, but each one is better than the last. And Mrs. Misery has been getting great reaction from people from some radio play. So I'm just really proud of him because he's, you know, kind of in development, but he's, really kicking butt on his way. Um, I'm very fond of Bryce's song, Can't Get Over You. I just think it's a really great pop hook. Um, it appealed to me from the very beginning. 
But as far as stuff that I worked on on the record intensely, um, Every Hour was a, is a song that is older than the band that took, you know, over 20 years to find its way to a record in its fully developed form. But it wouldn't have been the same if we had recorded it any earlier because it, it literally evolved and changed all the way to the finish line. So it's, it's fascinating to me for being a very long-term art project. I, I love seeing something that literally has its beginnings in the early to mid-90s and takes clear until 2019 to make sense of itself. So every hour is that song. Um, and I, I would also mention that the song No Money, which is kind of a lighthearted, kind of funny thing, one of the things I like about it is that the band kept voting no money into the running order of the record when it was incomplete. It didn't have a complete set of lyrics for a long time. And I kept arguing that it wasn't done. So I didn't think we could put it on a record because it wasn't finished. And the guys just kept saying, well, we like it. We don't care if it's finished. So in the end, <laughs> I completed the lyrics to No Money the night before I had to stand in front of a microphone and sing them because I knew I either have something to sing here or I don't, and I've got to have it by tomorrow. We had recorded all the music and everything, and I was still finishing the lyrics. But I actually really like the lyrics as they turned out, and some of that is, you know, when you're under the gun and you just got to do something, you get unique results. So that was one of those. Well, I think, um, you know, Some Kind of Lucky is a solid album from beginning to end. I I feel that it's probably one of the best releases of the year. Um, just Thank the, you. You know, the the sensibility, the songwriting, the, the, you know, the cohesiveness between you guys is, is you know, undeniable. I mean, granted, it should be because you've been together since 96, but, I mean, I think it really sh shines through in the album. But, um, you know, I... I, was, I appreciate that very much. Oh, you're welcome. I mean, I was listening to an, an interview that you had done um, previously, and someone had asked you um, what your influences were, who your influences were, and, and you basically had mentioned, like, the Beatles, um, and and the Sex Pistols, which, you know, I find very intriguing. <laughs> well, I mean, there are obviously influences on, on me, too. But um, And then plus your family background of, of, you know, your mom and dad listening to, to Broadway show tunes and, and classical music. That's, you know, <laughs> quite a, a combination. So, but I, I think that it's definitely um, shown through with, you know, the camaraderie of you four. And, you know, you guys all have different influences, of course, which, you know, you could hear, you know, in, in the songs throughout the album. Well, you know, if there's one thing, and I mean, it's, fu it's funny when I hear back the thoughts about the Beatles and the Sex Pistols, I'm like, well, I guess they're all British. I could probably tie that much together. But you know, right now I'm in the middle of watching uh, the Ken Burns country music uh, documentary. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my father has always encouraged me to be a, a student of life, as it were, is the phrase he likes to use. But mostly to just bear in mind that there's always something I don't know and there's always something to learn. And so my attitude towards music is very much one of desire to 
to learn. I am always interested in music I don't know about. Um, and within the Jelly Bricks, you know, if there's one thing I take from the Beatles more than anything else, it's that they were extremely into incorporating anything that they heard that they liked into what they were doing. You know, it's thanks to that that we have the sitar all over rock and roll records and <laughs> things like that. Yeah. Um, so by the same token, that just has really colored my attitude towards what the Jelly Bricks are about. Um, so it's a very like, you know, no idea is too outlandish as long as we can figure out a way to feel, you know, confident that we know what we're doing. And even sometimes, even if we don't know what we're doing, I think we're willing to throw caution to the wind and just try things. Um, but a lot of what does work for us as far as the chemistry before, between the four of us is that we, we trust one another instinctively. So if somebody doesn't like something, we take that seriously. And if somebody really does like something, we take that seriously. So that it has a lot to do with the results we get is that by the time you're hearing some kind of lucky, you're hearing a record that the four of us feel good about. And, um, and I can honestly say it's a record that we're willing to throw out there and take our lumps if people don't like it. You know, it's like, well, we like it. Do you like it? <laughs> and, and we're hoping people will, but I suppose we are always prepared for the possibility that they won't. So, so what are your uh, plans for the album? Do you have upcoming shows or a tour planned or, or anything of that nature? Well, right now we're uh, because we're getting close to the holidays. Um, we're going to be there's going to be a little bit of an interruption in show service, but we have a few shows coming up before then. We're going to be in uh, Cleveland October 25th uh, at Stella's Music Club, and we're going to be back in New York in November. Uh, November 16th, we're playing at Berlin, and then uh, we are doing another show at metropolis collective in mechanicsburg with some old friends of ours the no-show ponies that's going to be at the end of november and then we do have a uh, yearly toys for tots benefit that we play in december and that's going to be happening in harrisburg on uh, december 13th at club xl uh, but past that i mean we will be booking more shows and i know we've been talking about a potential west coast visit that we haven't done in a long while but we have played out in california a few times over the years we've got a fan base out that way so you know we'd like to do that we'd like to branch out and you know we we have a 23 year weekend warrior schedule that's reflected <laughs> on our website but you know we've always had the idea that well maybe we'll get out a little further you know we talk about getting out getting to europe we talk about going to canada all of these are possibilities but you know what, having the support of Wicked Cool Records really means opening a lot of doors for us. So it means us being able to do more. But to tell you the truth, we've been so busy this year just getting to the point of getting the record out that um, we we have some conversations coming as to where we're going to go next. But I'm excited well, to say I'm pretty sure the Jelly Bricks are going to be playing shows and writing and recording new music. So I don't think we're near to the end of our story. Beautiful. We'll try to make it down to Florida and get some sun in in the winter time, maybe. <laughs> but uh, is that where you are? You're in Florida. Yes, yes, I'm in Florida. Oh now. well, we I, would love to. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come down to Florida. I'll, I'll throw I'll throw you guys some some clubs that you could check out. But <laughs> uh, well, we yeah, will definitely yeah, be I, open to that. Yeah, I I left the the frozen tundra of, of the winter in in Pennsylvania to to embrace the palm trees and sunshine and yes, sometimes even hurricanes of Florida. But <laughs> hey, I'll take a, bl- a hurricane over a blizzard all. any day. <laughs> no, I so. I understand that for sure. But yeah, we would love to come to Florida. So let's just say that's something we haven't done yet, but we'd love to. Okay, well, well, keep that in mind. So in the meantime, if anyone uh, wants more information or if they want to connect with you, how can they do that? Uh, you can find us at thejellybricks.com. Uh, we are also on Facebook. And uh, one thing about the Jelly Bricks, our name is just off the wall enough that if you Google us, you will find us because there's just about nothing else out there under the name Jelly Bricks. But, uh, yeah, we have a website, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, all of the social media doohickeys. And then uh, YouTube, I would say at this point we have enough wacky videos that you could actually really kill a pretty fun hour just watching Jelly Bricks videos on YouTube. So, but uh, And if you haven't heard it already, please do check out our new record, Some Kind of Lucky. So I I, I, uh, saw this question uh, posed to Elton John about a week ago. So I'm kind of uh, interjecting that into my interviews because I thought it was a really neat question. So if uh, you could, which song from the last five years do you wish you had written? Ooh. From the last five years... I wish I had written. Hmm. That is really tough. I mean, there are always songs that I wish I had written, but I'm not, you know, I'm not the best uh, timekeeper when it comes to what's even happened in the last five years. Um, okay. Why don't we just go ever? <laughs> Ever. Well, let's see here. You know, I got to be honest. I'm probably a lousy person to answer this question because I don't, I don't covet other people's work in the way I – mean, I wouldn't necessarily – like I love – if I love your song, I love that you wrote it, and I'm so thankful right. for it. Okay. I don't necessarily want to uh-huh. steal that from you. Um, but, I, I mean, I really admire other people's songwriting, but I don't necessarily wish it to be my work as much as I usually think more in terms of – I hope I can write something that I like or am as proud of as that, you know. Um, But even that right now, I'm kind of drawing a little bit of a blank as far as the last five years. (laughs) Some of that, though, but you know what? A lot of that is when you've spent the last year just thinking about the album you're trying to complete, your headspace is very, very insular. And that is, I've been listening to the Jelly Bricks album so much in the past year, just trying to get it to the finish line. <laughs> I can't, I mean, I know I've been most recently enjoying um, a brand new release from uh, a Canadian band called the Northern Pikes, who are a band that uh-huh. I liked when I was a teenager. And they wrote a song that I've been envious of for 30 plus years called You Sold the Farm. Uh, but because of that and discovering that they were still in business 30 years later i've collected all of their records in recent years um 
and um, they have a new record out called Forest of Love, and I love every song on it. But I tend to fall in love with artists wholesale. Like if you get me, I'm probably going to buy your whole catalog. I, I tend to yeah. really just get into songwriters. So there are a lot of people that fall into that category. Um, Neil Finn is another one that it falls into that category for me, where I've just recently been catching up some of his uh, more recent releases. Um, but I couldn't even really name you the song that I'm envying right now. Well, that's okay. I mean, you you named a couple uh, of artists, but that's good. <laughs> I'm sorry I, I threw you off with that question, <laughs> or or I gave you such like a narrow scope, <laughs> being that that you've been. Oh, it's okay. Uh, I'm sure if I thought about it long enough, I could probably come up with one. But um, <laughs> you know. I'm sure you can tell, though, by the writing that I do, that I'm a great admirer of lots of other people's writing. It's just uh, it's a long list. I could name many, many songs that I'm envious of. <laughs> but but I'm okay. always trying to well, write things that I think, you know, wouldn't be embarrassing played before or after one of those songs on the radio. Right, right. <laughs> So any closing words to uh, those listening who have maybe just heard about you for the first time or to uh, lifelong fans, what would you say? Uh, Well, I guess I would just say thank you for indulging the Jelly Bricks in their desire to make original music Um, because really it is an incredible thing to have a relationship with a listening audience that is enjoying what you're doing and uh you know music is such a huge part of what makes me happy and the huge part of what uh, takes the edge off uh life for me so i like the idea that maybe we make a contribution of that nature for other people that our music is a bit of an escape for someone or uh comfort or just some uh, unfettered joy Uh, or that it challenges them in a thoughtful kind of way. Uh, But that's what I get out of music from other artists. So I I feel really privileged to be in a position to be making music that other people would listen to that way. You know, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, when I set out to do this, um, it it was never really particularly about uh, trying to become famous or earn a lot of money as much as it was to be doing something as interesting as the creative activity that stirred me into it in the first place. Because when I listened to records as a kid in particular, it was like I was being transported into other worlds. And so I like to keep a little bit of that alive in my own life. And that's part of how I wound up being a songwriter. So I love the idea that the jelly bricks are like a little, you know, maybe a happy little world for somebody to dip into. Amazing. Well, Larry Kennedy, uh, the Jelly Bricks, thank you so much for uh, calling in today and for speaking with me about some kind of lucky that's out on Wicked Cool Records. Um, We're going to be closing out the show with a small clip of Runaway to give everyone a little taste of what can be expected to hear on the album if they haven't heard it up already. So um, thanks for uh, giving us a call, Larry. I appreciate it so much. Well, I appreciate it too, Sherry. Thanks so much for giving me the opportunity to blather away about my band. (laughs) And thanks to all of your listeners for giving the Jelly Bricks your ear. And uh, we appreciate all the help we can get. So thank you very much.
And thank you to everyone for listening to Just Push Play, and have a great day.